0: Everybody. Welcome back to CORE. This is CORE, talking about video games, the industry, and games around that industry. My name is Scott Johnson. I'm here with John Jagger
1: and Bo Schwartz. Bo- oh, hi Schwartz. there. I'm here. Hey, Hello. It's Bo, it's everybody. Yeah, it has been a while. We missed him, man. How you doing tonight? Doing good? Uh, doing all right. Yeah. We're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, nope. I was really missing talking to you guys. Uh, so I, I'm here, but not for long. So yeah. maybe we need to speed up. Uh, yeah, you he's got a thing. You got a meeting. Dongs to talk about or is that all <laughs> no. off the table? All right, look. All if right.
0: you're a patron of the show, you already know this. But if you haven't yet jumped into our Patreon, um, we record a ton of pre and post show stuff, mostly pre. And we tack it into the Patreon every day or every episode. Uh, today we had – it went places. Let's just put it that way. So if you want to hear about Dongs, boy howdy, do we have a package for you there, Patreon. So go check it out, patreon.com core. We do need to jump right into it because, Bo, there's a game both you and I played that I have to talk about because it was crack. And if you have to leave before, we get a chance to, I feel bad. So let's do it. Oh, so the game in question is called uh, Dyson Sphere Program. It's kind of a terrible, terrible name. It sounds like a vacuum.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, or it's terribly
1: though. good. It sounds, you know, program like right. all... Games or programs? I don't know. But also, isn't it <laughs> Dyson?
0: The, the Dyson sphere is one word normally,
1: right? Uh, um. Well, I think it's two words. but it, it, I mean, it's a, I want to say it's an actual legit science concept, like, no, it is. You know, oh, yeah. The Dyson yeah it is. it, it is. It's a real but thing. The, sure.
2: The way they've addressed it here, it seems like the kind of thing at the end of like a, a TV show or a movie, the villain is like, really? <laughs> you didn't see my coded message and then Dyson sphere program's letters jumble and it like forms the name of the evil corporation all along and you're like ah i was looking at it this whole time yeah
0: right i mean and it it, it well, is supposed it is connected to the game in in that it's defined as this a Dyson sphere and you're right it is two words uh, i th- i don't know why i thought it was one anyway is a hypothetical megastructure that completely encompasses a star and captures a large percentage of its power output The concept is a thought experiment that attempts to explain how a space-faring civilization uh, would meet its energy requirements once those requirements exceed what can be generated from the planet's home or resources alone. Only a tiny fraction of a star's emissions reach the surface of an orbiting planet. Building structures encircling a star would enable civilization to harvest more energy. Again, all theoretical. And that is what you will ultimately, I believe, this game will let you do,
1: is wrap yourself around the sun. I, I don't know. It's an early access, so I assume maybe not everything's in there yet. Yeah. And I'm only on planet one, and I have, like, 32 planets around. I'm, like, the furthest thing. From, I'm just trying to figure out how to get off the first planet. So Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, I know you can build them in Stellaris, um, which right. is very cool. It is cool. Uh, but in this game, I, like, I'm just like, ooh, it almost sounds like a full-time job. Anyways, there's a lot. It's It's a management, a factory floor management sim. Yeah, we'll call it Factorio in, in space
0: or call it, um, what's another, uh, uh, satisfactory is yeah. a lot like this, but that's first person. So this is more like Factorio and then it's like top down third person, although it's, you know, 3D and zoom in, zoom out and all of that. I think the developers are Japanese. I'm not 100% on that because when you choose. I
1: saw the, Tencent in
0: there. Oh, maybe it's Chinese. Uh, yeah, Asian. I think it's we'll, Chinese. we'll say that of, of another language because one of my favorite things about it is the hideous translation and i want to share some of that with you real quick i good uh here on the show because these are real good and worth playing uh hold on a second i gotta pull them all up all right here we go so here's one this is this weird intro what the guy says welcome to the actual universe
1: you may find it's different from our homeland should you be able to adapt to the laws of physics in a short time I'm your advisor. It
0: doesn't. None of that makes any sense.
1: <laughs> right? What if Step I can't one, adapt to the activate laws activate of physics? Pac-Man. <laughs> will you not be my? Will you not be my advisor if I can't adapt to the laws of physics? Right. Like who? who like even the sentences knows? just don't. Like he's well spoken, and I feel like he knows what he's saying is stupid, mm-hmm. but he's reading it like <laughs> this is English. English. This is if you can actualize it. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you know. Like it's just like what? It's like. And I love,
0: by the way, I'm, I'm not going to knock this as a problem with the game. It's actually one of my favorite features of it is how poorly translated it is because it's supposed to be placeholder stuff and this will change at full release. But I love, I love badly localized content. It makes me laugh. It's the whole, we have, we must set us up the bomb. It's that whole thing writ large. Uh, Here's another one about the space capsule. Now, please drive the space capsule to the planet. Please drive the space capsule to the planet. Not sure those are the <laughs> words we'd use. Uh, here's a, another one. You can use the same operation to collect resources, such as trees, gravel,
1: et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He says etc. cetera. It drives me nuts. A it's lot. Et cetera. A lot. It's not ek. No. Et cetera. Yeah.
0: Uh, so that happens and then finally here's my favorite one i think about the mouse this is all early tutorial stuff you don't really have to listen to the guy for very long it's just tutorial things but uh this part if you can make it out it's a little noisy but i like this one you can hold down mouse middle button drag to rotate the angle of view you can hold down mouse middle button drag <laughs> uh, yeah. it's really yeah. good Anyway, uh, the game, though, is amazing. It looks really good. It's smooth as pie, at least on my computer it is. And uh, it's scratching all those weird itches of, like, build stuff from nothing, have power grids, do, uh, be organized about it, take your ore and uh, put that on a on a uh, conveyor belt and send it over to this processor where it's going to make a bunch of circuit boards for me and then send them to a storage unit when it's done. Like, it's all that stuff. And then you build bigger and better technologies and research bigger and better techs and the whole while your mech needs to be fed fuel uh so it can keep running usually wood and uh and leaves at the beginning but later on you can do fuel cells and stuff that lasts longer and um it's great it's real good well, how far did you get i'm about I- i'm about, I'm about I, I probably played three hours and i'm probably
1: still just scraping it i, I don't think i'm very deep yeah it it because like the tech tree doesn't look that and you're like no this tech tree is manageable yeah. but i'm not very far in it and i played oh i was up till three in the morning last night which was not smart yeah <laughs> i was like oh i know and i knew what i had I, this is the kind of game that keeps you up to 3 a.m so you're going to bed at midnight and i still stayed up to 3 a.m i was like god <laughs> damn it <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah um your yeah, whole idea like, was like- i was at the you were yeah, you were I saying earlier you wanted to
0: get like a non-stressful, chill game or whatever, oh, it and it still kept you up all night.
1: It was really fun, but I was getting to the point where I'm like, oh, like all my conveyor belts are so confusing and bad, and I'm like, I want to wipe this all down and start over. But yeah, I had to go to bed. Well, the nice thing about deleting in the
0: game is you can do that, and it's not devastating because you get either the resources back or the actual things back. So if you're if you delete yeah. a line of um, and you just hit the X key to do it. But you get like a line conveyor of belt. Uh, a yeah. conveyor belt. Like maybe you, you had it go in the wrong direction or something. Yeah. It just puts them back in your inventory. So unlike some of these games where you basically destroy them or only get raw materials back, it it's pretty easy going that way. And that goes for like storage units and uh, processing machinery and all that. If you yeah. misplaced it or you're like, I don't like how this is working. You can just the only
1: thing it, it did rack. give me a warning for is that there's liquid storage as opposed to the general storage, and if you break a liquid storage, you don't get the resources out of it apparently because you can store a lot in there, and mm. I think it just spills on the ground.
0: See, now I'm not even far enough to have liquid anything.
1: Yeah, there's all kinds of liquid. Like, I was like, whoa, this is a lot. Like, there's hydrogen, water. The you can there's oil, and you can refine it into plasma. Like, I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm barely into this game and I'm already like, there are like 15 different resource types that I'm like trying to think about. It's yeah. fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So I'm kind of interested in trying Factorio as a side result. But
0: oh, had you, man, okay. the game, I thought you'd played Factorio. That's like, you'd never. Tried no,
1: that. I was about to buy it when you were like Dyson spheres, crack everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I was like. I was like, did someone say crack? I'm like, I'm looking for some crack. Like I was looking for a city builder because I haven't been playing just with, you know, I'm having like anxiety stuff. I haven't been playing action games. I've been playing low heart rate games. So I'm like, I'm like, I need something fun. Yeah. And I've been eyeballing. I'm just like city skylines looks kind of meh. Nothing's exciting. And I remember Kyle giving the Kyle stamp on Factorio so much.
0: Oh, he loved it.
1: And then Dyson just looks like that, but in 3D. So I was like, I'm going to go with the 3D one that Scott says will keep me up all
0: night. Yeah, because
1: it's already got those.
0: The Factorio blood is in there already. So you would be getting that same whatever dopamine you'd be getting from Factorio. You're going to be getting here. Um, At least I think so. My biggest problem with it with uh, Factorio was. Um, that game really, whatever, like any game, it takes a while to get used to the systems and everything, but I just always felt lost in there. And my biggest problem was um, I didn't like getting attacked by aliens occasionally it became kind of a tower defense thing. And I hate that you can turn that off. You can have a whole run without any alien intervention stuff. And that's fine. But that was, you know, the way the game's meant to mm-hmm. be played was a little tower defensey for my taste. And this, at least so far, I don't know, but I haven't had any real, issues except I did screw up and um, you know how you hover over water because you're in a mech and so yeah. the your jets will, when you're when you're walking, you're telling your dude to walk over some water he'll run on the land and then when we get to the water, he'll lift up and like jet pack over whatever body of water it is and if you leave him out there above water, he'll just hover there forever and I didn't know that that was like triple his burn rate on fuel. fuel. Mm-hmm. So I look down at this thing at one point and I've got like this much left of fuel and i panicked i was like oh my gosh i gotta go back and find some wood and hopefully you can chop that down without dying first because that's all out and just getting used well, to some see, did of the you systems. get stuck in the water no i ended up uh, actually i didn't die so i don't know i, I may have i would i've been out there much longer oh. I, I had a little sliver of. of yeah i don't fuel think left. you
1: die but i think it'll get stuck like I one of the reviews of the game i did read was like oh by the way don't fly out into space without fuel you'll just float off there forever and That'll be it. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not going yeah, to do that. Yeah. Try not to do a review <laughs> for, for that one. Yeah. Um, that's great. I'm glad you like it, though. Um, oh, it was- yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to playing it again tonight, even though I know I shouldn't. But it's just I got stuff to build, man. Yeah. It's like
0: those. Yeah. I mean, but but again, if you've heard anybody out there talking about Factorio or or uh, like I said, Satisfactory is another one. Um, those games are this, but just a different take or a different view, like satisfactory is all first yeah. person. And that's a beautiful game, but it's the same kind of thing. It's like, well, I got to mine that iron and I got to get it over here and refine it. And then I got to convert that into ingots. And those ingots need to be made into plating. And then I need the electronic stuff. The one thing uh, that I wanted to mention about this game versus those is the way this thing cues up manufacturing is really intuitive and cool. So Let's say I'm just, I don't know, um, at a menu where I'm like, I need some power. Oh, I'm out of solar wind capture things. I need to make some of those. And you forget what all the ingredients are, but that's okay. Because all you got to do is double click that thing and it opens up your crafting menu and just straight up says, here's all the shit. And if you have the shit, you just hit go and it makes it. And then it tells you how long it's all going to take and what's in the queue and like go off and do other things while that stuff pumps itself out. Like it's a really intuitive way
1: uh, for early access. I up. find it robust and usable. There's no you know, no, no hidden mysteries. Some stuff you got to figure out, like how to paint yeah. the conveyor belts right. and how to paint the connectors. But those are the only things that took some time.
0: Yeah. So Cause they good. don't, they're not overt about telling you some of that stuff. So still early access again, some of the language stuff is a little weird. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. And the reviews have been insane. The, uh, steam's currently got it at an overwhelmingly positive review status. And, uh, one of the things they keep talking about in there is if, you know, if you like games in early access where you are constantly hearing from the devs and seeing new builds go up like every day, then this is a game that you'll be happy to throw a little money at. So anyway, worth checking out, John, did any of this discussion make you go, Oh man, I got to play Stice Sphere program.
2: A little bit. Um, I definitely want to get into one of these games. I've had my eye on Factorio for a long time and Satisfactory and now looking at this one, this one as well. And I think it's another one of those games that could be good for when the baby shows up because yeah. uh, there's less like I got to. I got to be active on it right now. I got to see the story. I got to see all the cutscenes. You know, here's what's going on. And so I think it might be good for that. um, But I haven't decided which one I'm going to get. There's Mm. part of me that likes the kind of old school throwback look of Factorio. There's a part of me that likes how nice a game like Satisfactory looks. And this one certainly seems more aesthetically what I'd be into. So they all have their appeal to me.
1: They're not expensive. That's the one saving grace. So you know, I, I don't feel. I didn't feel bad about tossing. What was it? Twenty bucks for this? Twenty, I think. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh, we
2: go
1: you know, to thirty. It softens time. the blow when it's not sixty dollar deal. You know. And it has a nice. Anyways, yeah. I gotta go. Oh, you I gotta, gotta go. You I'm, got I'm off thing. to therapy. Uh, just a quick little bow session. So now I'm going to go talk to somebody about. Much more boring things than Dyson Sphere program. But
0: not a, not a problem. Tell tell. The I will pe- see
1: you all next week. Yeah, I tell, think. Yeah, it's next that's week, everybody. Plan. Bo Schwartz.
0: See you later. Be good. Okay. How do I hang up on just oh, Yes, I. You're up. already hung
1: up on.
2: There we
0: go. Oh, that's no good. Now you're now you're gigantic. <laughs>
2: Hold <on a> second. <laughs> Let me fix you so you're less <laughs> Fine,
0: huge. Finally, okay, there we time. go. Let's pull that down a little bit. And we'll just uh, see this. I didn't plan on this. Hold on. Ah, Okay. Let's just try to keep it together here, Johnson. All right. We move that up there. We move that down here. John is now fully engaged. All right. You're back.
2: Hey.
0: Hey. So anyway, Dyson Sphere program. Play it. I think even you would really like it. Here's the uh, cover for it. Uh, let me let me read you this uh, description I'm showing in the chat room right now. Dyson Sphere Program. Build the most efficient intergalactic factory in space. Simulation strategy there. game. <laughs> Dyson Sphere Program. Harness the power of stars. Collect resources. Plan and design production lines. And develop your interstellar factory from a small, small space workshop to a galaxy-wide industrial empire. All of that part's fine. But that top bit... Build the most efficient intergalactic factory in space simulation strategy game Dyson's F- Sphere program. Whew, that's rough.
2: It's a mouthful. Yeah. That's a bit of a sentence right there.
0: Get a guy. is what I'm saying. Get a guy. Get some localization going. That would be fun. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get back to our normal um, uh, stuff here. I mean, t-
2: do you want to do the rest of what we've been playing before we do news?
0: Um, yeah, <laughs> we can <could laughs> flip it around. Sure. Why not? Uh, I played a lot of Shipbreaker and did that right before the show in fact and uh had a great time i had a real screw up though on stream i'm super embarrassed by it um but you have to be careful there's the spreader laser and then there's the little needle laser and the needle laser lets you very much pinpoint small little points i like to hold the control key down cuz that keeps me keeps my thrusters stable while i do it and i like to burn off like joiners and stuff like that take my time with it But it takes a little longer. You basically heat them up and and break off these joiners. It's quicker if you flip it over to spreader, which will make like a big slice. But if you get nice and close or it's a thing you can cut that's surrounded by things that are uncuttable, then no problem. Just zap it like a blaster. Saves time. But if you're not really being careful, sometimes that spreader will like reach out over where the freaking you know the corner of the the uh, what do you call it inside your ship the uh the, the uh, reactor the reactor, reactor the power plant thing you nick okay. the corner of that and you've just destroyed 90% of the ship all most of your objectives have been ruined you're just going to have to scrap metal and hope that makes enough, enough money to not lose money on the deal like doing that on stream is really embarrassing
2: um, but I, I think know. that's better do now you? you've got Proof that people can go and they can look up. People can go, you know, I've heard Scott talk about his uh, kerfuffles in Shipbreaker. Now I can actually go see it.
0: Yeah. Live. You can see it for real with your own eyes.
2: I, cause that was the thing last week you told me about, uh, basically destroying an entire ship Yeah, and I wanted to see it.
0: Yeah. You wanted to see how that went. Yeah. Well, yeah. there is a free play mode where you can go just kind of screw around and I should do that more just to kind of, I don't know. I don't know, loosen up's the right word, but just go plant a bunch of mines on it and just see how it explodes. Cause one of my, so they just added these little mines that you place and it creates this like explosion grid. So you can kind of rotate it whatever direction you want and say, okay, well, I wanted it to blow out this direction. I've upgraded it. So it's 50% smaller of a radius than it used to be because you don't need a big explosion. You're just trying to kill certain joints and things that you can't get any other way. And right. Um, the problem with those though, is it creates all kinds of gravitational problems. <laughs> so like if it pops just the right way at the right moment on this end, it ha- not every time, but it may just shove your ship and it's, you know, it, and you know, create some perpetual motion, the whole other direction, which you do not want because it may be facing the furnace or something. And now your entire front end gets sucked into the furnace. And if you don't, and if you're not detached from the main body, your whole ship's going to get sucked in there. And that's a problem because you're burning valuable resources that you need to be putting through the other thing, the collector, and stuff that's inside the ship that you need to be putting down into the big capture bay below you. So all these objectives you may have, or even if they're not objectives, just burn them through the burner. And the thing will tell you, it's processing aluminum. Cool, you get money for that. But then it's like, eh -eh, you put your titanium in there. You're not supposed to do that. Minus $3,000. Like, you just start losing cash so i have to be really careful with bombs i save them until i really need them now uh like i if it's a thing that will not blow up any other way i'll hold that till the end so i've gotten kind of a pattern and which is one of my favorite things about the game i've learned is you get your workflow develops over time and the way you handle a certain kind of ship uh it may be different for everybody but for me i now know what to do if it's a little uh, single compartment uh, plus cockpit-like shuttle. I know exactly what path I'm going to take. I'm not going to mess with any external stuff. I'm going to go straight into the ship, into the airlock, into the main body, turn off all the air stuff so that the airlocks are no longer matter, and um, take a key, turn off the engine so that I don't have to deal with that manually, shut down all the gas so it's not pumping through the thing or the fuel, and... Then I take out the, the floors, suck those into the collectors, take off the ceiling, suck those in. Then I worry about engine. Then I worry about cockpit. Like I've got this like almost like a checklist now, even though it's just sort of in my head. And I now understand why the game has a, um, a, a weekly race mode um, because now I can, I can start to see how that would be really fun. Right. Problem is it's for bigger ships right now. And I'm not very fast with the bigger ships because I'm still getting used to how they're constructed. But if it's for the smaller medium ships, I could see how that'd be way fun to try to compete with other people's scores to just see how quick you can eliminate Have you
2: considered the possibility that you are in a last starfighter type situation, (laughs) except instead of looking for somebody to do cool piloting stuff, you're just performing like menial labor for aliens who developed this game?
0: I hadn't considered it, but now that you say it, possibly someone's going to come to me and go Scott Johnson, you have been chosen by the dork knob armada or whatever they were called. What were they called? <laughs> uh-huh. Whatever they were to fight. And blah, blah, blah. Cause I was playing Cause you know, cause in that movie it was the arcade game. And in this case it's me tearing ships apart, but here's the problem. What would I be good for? Tearing ships apart. Like, boring. Yeah, that's
2: that's it. They're not recruiting. <clears throat> we had this amazing romanticized vision of you going up into space and becoming Luke Skywalker. Yeah. But no, they're going to take you into space and they're going to go, we're giving you menial, blue-collar space jobs. <laughs> because we're an advanced alien race that has spaceships and we've decided to give it to human beings rather than one of us. They're going to go do important work. You're going to break down ships. Yeah.
0: The sequel to The Last Starfighter Fighter is really terrible that you've described to me. It sounds like a bad movie.
2: <laughs> I don't want to see
0: that movie. <clears throat> but it is, it's also work I wouldn't want to do in real life because it's heavy and dangerous and dirty, which I think is what attracts me to it in video game form because I know, you know the stakes aren't all that high. But um, the loop is really good. And there will be times, dude, I was just thinking about this today, John, where I was playing and I had a big old hard level honking ship big big ship it had a whole like you could fit like 50 people and had like 50 chairs inside the main uh, transport space this was a ship that was meant to move a lot of people around almost like a an airliner or something but a big one and in that ship it had multiple cockpits and crazy rear engine stuff going on just a big thing with like multiple entrances and everything and i got done with it and went I was getting close to being done with it. I had me basically with a frame left and I was like, just trying to scrap all the remaining stuff. And I just thought, man, I'm glad I'm done with this one. This was, this was today's ship. I'm done for now, man. I, I can't do another one of those.
2: <laughs> you're, you're actually starting to get the, like, this is your job. Like whew, what yeah. a day at the office. Yeah. Kind
0: of. Yeah. I was like, I'm ready to turn in cash, cash my money in and go to sleep. But I go in there, cash my money in and go, Oh, I could just do one more though. Like, I could do one more. And then I did another one. Like it's got this one more ship problem that I've now clocked 40 hours into this game. That isn't, I may not sound like a lot to some people. That's a work week. It's a work week. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, in video games, obviously it's contracted, but it's, it's, uh, it's really got a hold on me. I don't know what it is. Just something about it, the vibe of it, the feeling of it, the loop. That's going on. The, the satisfaction I get out of doing a really kick job, kicker job, or having it all fall apart and fight it, try to salvage it anyway—like there's just a lot there—and I love it. So I'll I'll shut up about it for a while, for for at least a week. But just so you know where I all stand, still a fan. <laughs> that's
2: your week, everybody. Yep, that's it. But brace yourself. This week, next week, this
0: week in Hard Space Shipbreaker is my new hot podcast coming to. Podcast players everywhere. Catch it. I'm also alting a demon hunter. So there's that.
2: How's that going? Are <laughs> you fine. a DPS demon hunter or a tank demon? Hunter?
0: Tank. I don't think anything's the demon hunter has two. the demon hunter has two specs, but really it has one spec. And that one spec is vengeance. Um, wait, vengeance. Yeah. Havoc's the other one. <clears throat> vengeance is great because. uh Leveling with I I I, like I hate leveling with most tanks in tank spec I hate that because your damage is lower it feels like you're taking forever to knock anything down sure you never die but it's not a great trade off whatever whatever I feel like that's I feel like the DH the demon hunter is a little broken because I can gather up like six dudes all of them higher level than me or hard hard characters to fight or hard uh, bosses or mobs to fight rather pull them all into a wad take care of them in pretty quick fashion, move on to the next wad. Like it's great. It That's a great spec. I love it. Um, and also when I'm done with all this leveling and I'm caring about things like, you know, random groups for, for dungeons and stuff like that, it, it's great to be in a position where I'll just get in immediately and i have to sit around and wait. So there's that added benefit, but I really do prefer. And I played a lot of havoc just to, to try to convince myself that that's how I should level, but I really prefer vengeance. So I don't know yeah, if they intended to turn that way. into
2: a big Diablo like creature.
0: Yeah, that's pretty fun. I like doing that as often as I can. Um, just feels good. I don't know. I'm a fan. I like demon hunters a lot, although I don't like, I don't like glaives, never been a fan of a glaive. So I'm all about swords with that guy. Um, mm. so he's, he's pretty fun to, uh, to cosplay or not cosplay uh transmog
2: (laughs) i am really picturing you're having a different lifestyle nowadays you're you're like nick's gone yep (laughs) i'm gonna play some wow then i'm gonna get on my sweet demon hunter cosplay yep run around the house show
0: my wife have her be impressed with my demon hunter prowess and then kick uh, open
2: the door i am my scars (laughs) Oh,
0: man, don't tempt me. Actually, the hard part would be getting a costume, so I guess I won't be tempted. But, um, yeah, I like to transmog into swords because dual sword carrying dude looks cool. I just think he looks cool that way. I don't like claves. Claves are dumb. Glaives are for for people who are really, really into the whole Illidan vibe, and I'm not Mm -hmm. that much. I just want a little spastic guy with big swords, and I'm good. A little like you do with your, uh, you know, your your rogues. You got those big yeah. dumb knives, and it's like that,
2: you know. Although right now I have a transmog to look like I'm fighting with a uh, a rapier and uh, just a, a tiny shield, Oh. buckler, if you will.
0: That's cool. Wait, you can use Is shields? Just- How can you use shields? No.
2: Oh, it's just a fist weapon that looks like a shield.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I can do so visually. As well.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't look good. Uh, the fist weapons on me look terrible because uh, they're all too big. They're just gigantic. And it makes me look like I'm, uh, is that uh, there's a cartoon character with giant fists. Who am I thinking of? Popeye. <laughs> it is a little like Popeye. That's it. That's what it is. That's what it reminds me of. Big old forearms on Popeye. And I don't like it. So I'm swords all the way if I can help it. Anyway, that's what I've been playing. Now you're playing a game that I've come this close multiple times to hitting buy on and have held off because I'm just convinced it's going to be on Game Pass at some point. But tell me about Yakuza Like a Dragon.
2: It is great. Let's just get that out there right oh. out of the gate. This is the uh, newest Yakuza game and it is unlike previous Yakuza games, it is a jrpg style combat system for the fighting um it for all intents and purposes it's an rpg sure um but for the most part where the game deviates from previous yakuza games is that the combat system is a rpg combat system instead of an action one and it works really really well in fact they even pull that trope in in an interesting way because very early on you get in a fight And your buddy even comments on like the turn-based nature of the fighting. And he's like, man, you still, you gotta get better at fighting. You just let people hit you. And, you know, who are you trying to impress? You know, that's always been such a weird fighting style that you just let people hit you. When you could easily just beat them up instantly. And uh, you find out your character is just a huge Dragon Quest fan. And he was really into JRPGs growing up. And that's where he has based his life on. So it makes sense that he sees his world in a very RPG mechanic kind of way. Um, so Wait, it even the ties actual, into the story a little bit. The
0: actual Dragon Quest, like like the Square Enix owned, nothing yep. to do they, with they Sega. call
2: it by name, Dragon Quest. Weird.
0: So yeah, that would be, great. that's a little bit like... Um. um yeah, I know what this is like. Let's say you're in Last of Us and one of your characters finds an old Game Boy that still has battery life and they're playing a game and they're talking about some great old Nintendo game. It's kind of like that, right? What's it's it? like a weird Although brand.
2: actually that kind of happens. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> completely inconsequential spoilers for Last of Us Part 2, but Ellie does kill somebody who's playing... Um, oh, What was that top-down game where you wore different masks and you killed people and it had a really awesome soundtrack top down hotline miami that's oh, what it is they were playing that yeah they were playing hotline miami uh you actually see the game you hear the music from the game that's cool and that's what they were playing on their psp when when le
0: okay well then to me up. that bring, that to me that's another example of this exact same thing um and maybe it's a punching see that's a punching up or yeah That's a punching down thing for Last of Us to say, hey, there's this cool indie game we all like here at the office. We should figure out a way to stick it in here. It's going to be harder to take somebody's AAA game and do that because licensing and other issues and stuff. So I I wonder if Dragon Quest is more of a lateral move. I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, they only really go by name. It doesn't really resemble Dragon Quest in any other way. Like, you don't see it. They just reference it. They're just like, hey, you like that game. What was it? And he's like, Dragon Quest.
0: Do you fight fight any of those blobs? So they talk about it. Those stupid uh, blue blobs with the smiley faces on them? (laughs) Fight any of those? Yeah.
2: Oh, those are so great. No, they're not in here. Okay. Uh, No, you fight people in this game. Whoa. It's it's one of the weirdest things is like, hey, random battle. Not really random. You saw him walking around on the street, but he turns around and it's like, here's a street tough. He's going to fight you now. And you go, yeah, I'm going to fight him. And then you issue a command and you run over and you punch him in the face and- that's your combat. That's your random combat encounter that just happened right
0: there. And are they, you're taking turns. Like you've got three, let's say there's three. I know the the team builds over time from what I've read, but let's say you have three guys on your team. It's final fantasy style where you're in a turn order and there's some sort of initiative going on or whatever. Like, how does that work?
2: I think so. Although they do a really good job of keeping the battlefield mobile enough that it kind of hides it. It lends this weird sense of urgency because it's not you're not just standing there looking at each other like they're moving. People are stepping in front of each other and like doing fake out little dodges. And it's kind of interesting, too, because somebody could be in the front and they could step around behind one of their allies And if you try to attack past somebody, it's almost like uh, an opportunity attack in D&D. Like if you're going to try and hit somebody that is now behind one of their allies, their allies just punch you in the face and interrupt your attack. They're like, no, you're not going to just walk past me to go hit my friend. I'm going to hit you. And it's kind of neat. I haven't, I haven't gotten too deep into the combat system yet. Um, I'm only on chapter two of the game, but, what I've played, I really like. The main character is fantastic, uh, Ichiban. Yeah, um, he's a great main character, and I'm gonna try and talk around this. It's kind of a spoiler, but I'm gonna talk around it best I can. This game starts in the year 2000. There is a narrative reason why it catches up to our time pretty quickly, okay. uh, through the course of chapter one. And it makes for this wonderful uh, main character. That's kind of out of time. Like there's a, there's a point where he's walking around and he sees somebody with a smartphone and a selfie stick and he goes, the hell is that? Like he just starts freaking out because he's never seen anything like that before. Yeah. And as a result, it's this kind of endearing uh, out of time character. That's uh, very likable for, you know, essentially, you know, you're a criminal, you're a Yakuza guy, but he's very much about doing the honorable thing. Like he believes that the name should be loved by the people not feared and that you should do good actions to have people revere your family rather than just try to make as much money as humanly possible. Uh, So he does things like let people keep their money. If it's going to help a good cause or return money to children, if that's uh, what needs to be done. So it's made for a very compelling story. They've done a lot of backstory talk in the first chapter to kind of get you familiar with these characters and how they relate to one another. And the story has been awesome. It's been so good that every now and then my wife would walk in and she'd see me playing and she'd just stop and watch for a while. And she's just, who's this? What's he doing? What's going on with this? Huh. Because it's that it's that compelling and that interesting of a drama. It's wild, like Yakuza the games are but it's uh it's very very interesting
0: well the the combat alone intrigues me because i'm I'm way more into that than the real time stuff that the previous games had, and I had fun with those, but uh this seems more my jam, and I also like there's so my understanding and you can correct me if I'm wrong but it seems like there's like a um archetypes that are similar to the kind you'd see in an in a actual fantasy setting like There's a homeless guy, but he's like a mage. And even though what he's doing is just breathing, he's farting on you or something like that, but it's like mage power or whatever. Is this true? Am I up a tree here or does that sound right?
2: I don't know. I don't really have a party yet. Uh, So for the first chapter, you're pretty much by yourself uh, doing your own thing. And yes, your main character is very much the archetype of the warrior. You know, they even make fun of him. They're like, you charge in. You know, you don't really think about what you're doing. You just go in and start fighting and you don't give it any thought. Uh, I do think I technically have a second party member now because I just randomly have a cop that won't stop following me. Uh, but I haven't gotten in any fights since he showed up. Uh, but that's, that's part of the weirdness of this game. It's just like, there's just a cop that's just like talking to you. And then he's just like, I'm gonna follow you around. And think he, he guys like, no, I'd really rather you didn't. But he does it anyway, and they're just letting it play out. So huh. uh, it's really a lot of fun. I, I would highly recommend it. I'm, again, very, very early, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. I find the story very, very interesting so far.
0: And the story, was plenty of goofball business, right? Like just strange anime <laughs> concepts and stuff, because that's what I really liked about it. My time with the previous games, the combat was meh, but the the story was so freaking overly dramatic and self-serious, and I loved it. Like, I really yeah.
2: liked it. There's <laughs> a lot of that in this. I mean, even already, it hasn't gone off the rails yet, but it does... I mean, there's there's a guy who has an illness that he's had since he was a baby and he's been in a wheelchair and he spent a fortune to get a serum that if he injects himself with will allow him to walk for a brief period of time so that he can uh, look strong in front of his girlfriend. And the main head boss guy walks around with a single glove like Luke Skywalker and you find out what's going on with all of that. And it's just very cool. So it hasn't gone completely off the rails yet, but it's been very interesting. And your main character is an idiot. Sometimes he's smart. Most of the time he seems to be an idiot. Good. Um, I think somebody says subconscious to him or at something at one point, and he goes, why don't you use normal human words? Yeah. So
0: you're dealing with that
2: kind of guy, and uh, it's great. Uh, great.
0: Dwight Schrute in the chat uh, says, are we going to talk about the piss wizard? I don't think John's that far. But I've I also heard about piss the piss wizard. wizard. Yeah, there's a piss wizard.
2: That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds, <laughs> sounds like exactly what I want in that game. I mean, I know it still has all the Yakuza stuff. I know there's karaoke in there and a bunch of dumb, weird mini games you can get. Uh, I'm extremely excited to get to all of that. So I highly recommend it. But We're I only but just you- started it today a little bit before the show because yeah. uh, all my friends who've had children. Yeah. It seemed like as babies were on the way, they, they were like, I just don't have time for video games. Whenever I heard that in the back of my head, I was like, not me. If I ever <laughs> I'm have a kid, cut. I'm still, I'm still going to make time for video games. You just watch. Yeah. And then it got to be today. And I was like, oh, shit. Corazon tonight. I haven't played anything except Pokemon go. And I don't want to talk about Pokemon go for the third week in a row. Yeah, I got to play something. And even then I still didn't even get to start playing it until two o'clock. Oh, so. Man. Yep. And the I- baby's not even here. So I'm doing my best. Uh, I, try, I tried to get something new in right before we started. And, uh, I got about a chapter in Yakuza, like a dragon.
0: Where are you playing this PC or Xbox?
2: I'm playing it on my Xbox. I bought it on the Microsoft Store mm-hmm. on my PC, yeah. and it unlocked for both my uh, Xbox Series X and my computer, so I can play it in both places if yeah, I want.
0: I do like that a lot, how they do that. That's probably, if I end up getting it, it's probably where I'll get it, because I like, I like the kind of game on my butt, so that's where I'll play it. It's on my butt. Yep. I'll play Dyson Sphere Program, also on my butt, but with a keyboard in front of me, but then a nice cushy couch butt, or Yakuza like a dragon. All right. Well, those are the games that we played. So in typical, uh, reverse fashion, we're just going to reverse everything today and play this now. It's a That's not a yeah. it. hey. wrong show. Hold on. Normally this would be where we talk about games we play, but instead we're going to talk about mass effect, legendary edition, getting its, uh, big launch details. It's coming out on May 14th. That's sooner than a lot of people expected sooner than I expected. I thought fall, honestly. Um, yeah, Includes all DLC except for uh, Mass Effect 1's Pinnacle Station DLC. Why is that? Did they say?
2: Yeah. The uh, source code for this DLC is corrupted beyond something they're capable of fixing. Really? Which is a... (laughs) Here's what I'm going to say. Anybody who's upset that there is no Pinnacle Station DLC in this Legendary Edition... Did not play the Pinnacle Station DLC of Mass Effect 1. I'm going to just say guaranteed because that DLC was garbage. Mm. There was nothing good or interesting or really even fun about it. And I highly recommend that you, if you don't know, don't get upset about it. It was bad. It was really bad. There are ways to play it if you want to play it. But yes, they said they they lost the source code. They can't recover it it's it's gone to time uh honestly even if that's not true and it's just they were like "Mm, not spending any time on this (laughs) they made the right decision the pinnacle station stuff is bad it's extremely bad
0: well i don't i never played one so i can't speak to it at all but also i think it's weird let's say it was good good bad whatever can't you take like i don't know the existing game and like I guess you can't. Re- I get you can't take it and get your source code because that stuff's all different when you compile it, right? I don't know how this works. I don't know how it works. Source code is is important. I get that. So if you've lost the source code, I guess you're screwed. You can't re you can't reverse engineer your own game. I guess is what we're learning from this. I mean, or
2: you could they, try it, but it right. wouldn't be the same. And is it really worth it? And it sounds like there's a bunch of questions.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's poo, and that's why. Maybe that's that's why this isn't happening. Because it was poo. You know? Because uh, what you've told me just now makes it sound like poo. I don't want to play that anymore.
2: I, I see someone in the chat say a third-party company made it. That could be true. It definitely feels like somebody gave them... It feels like they gave the assets to somebody else and said, can you make us some DLC? That's what it felt like. Uh, the dialogue in it is canned or it's just reading text, which yeah. is very unlike Mass Effect. The whole thing just felt really, really rough. That's
0: a bummer. Uh multiplayer's been removed, so I kinda liked multiplayer in that game, but they took it out.
2: Here's the yeah. So here's the here's what they said about the multiplayer. I also really like the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Um, But they said that it was something that they just didn't want to focus on. Uh, It's something that people still play and they didn't know, you know, potentially adding it. Do you then do cross play between people that are playing the original version and the new version? And how much work do you want to devote to it? Do you want to put up servers for it? Do you want to be running servers for both the original and the new? Do you want to force people playing the original to come over to the new? And they just decided the easiest thing is to remove the multiplayer and take the mechanics from the multiplayer that did factor into the single player story and find a way to tweak those numbers and rework them to where you don't feel like it is a hindrance that it's been removed, which is what they said they did. Okay.
0: That's fair enough. Um, no story changes. So that's cool. Unless you, yeah,
2: unless you really wanted them.
0: Yeah. I don't know who did. I mean, everyone liked the story, right? I know there are issues of three, but, some of that got guy yeah, people,
2: people didn't like how three ended uh they're wrong um but <laughs> i'll say this so it's so they are going to include all the dlc in the game yeah. um besides pinnacle station and the revised ending to mass effect 3 fixed all the problems i had with it uh there's a lot of people that are like it's a game that's all about choice and it it boils down to 3 choices. It doesn't. Mass Effect 3 that entire game is significantly impacted by your choices. If you were looking for your choices to matter, it matters over the course of the end of the game. Yes, it basically boils down to you pick one of 3 endings, but everything that led up to that moment is your ending. And if you can't see that, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you you really define endings in a very narrow margin. Um but I think the ending to Mass Effect 3 is fine.
0: Uh, so that's good for you then. No story changes. Um, no player, or sorry, new player customization options. So more than just whatever was there before. You could make some really gnarly Shepherds, uh, yes. if I remember right. Uh,
2: Yeah, so they're tweaking it, they said, to include uh, a little more um, all-encompassing uh, instead of just looking like a weird person with a dark Uh, skin tone they're trying to take into account uh, different ethnicities how their their hair might look how their facial features might look Uh, skin tone is also a part of that they're trying to have a more broad range of options for people Um, but they're also just making some look better Uh, they kind of famously for mass effect 3 came up with a default look for uh, female commander shepherd yeah. but that was all the way in 3 it didn't exist in 1 and 2 so they've redone that so if that's what you consider the look it will now be something that can go through the entire game why was there no so, default
0: female shepherd in the first two games that's weird
2: yeah they well they hired a model to play male shepherd yeah and based it on him and they didn't do that for female commander See, that's
0: Shepard. weird because To start in that game, so when I, okay, I always played male shepherd, but if I would have picked female shepherd or fem shep as she's popularly called, um, I'm given what just a blank slate and said, here, go ahead and customize or what
2: they have kind of a default model that pops up, but it's, you know, it's very generic. It's not really based on anyone. It looks very bland. It's just, here you go.
0: Okay. Well, there it is.
2: So there's that. More options for that.
0: Uh, let's see. Also, all the games are receiving tweaks, more significant changes to ME one, which makes sense, brings it in line more with the sequels. That right there got me the most excited because I didn't play the first one and didn't care to go back and play it, even though I loved two and really enjoyed three. Two is one of my favorite games ever. Um, the reason I didn't go back is because all I heard was, "Oh, they fixed this," and two, oh, oh, they fixed that." One was abysmal at this. No more long elevator rides. No more driving that stupid Jeep around. Like, they kept telling me about things and systems in one that were terrible and that had been rectified in two, and it really put me off. I was just like, I'm not playing one. I'll find, I'll catch up on the story some other way. Like, I don't need to know. I don't have to play through that to know that. Um. So I really avoided it. If I'm going to go dive into this again, knowing that ME1 is getting – Treatment that will bring it more in line. I'm not sure what that means, but more in line with the sequels is interesting to me. Um, I remember the PC version of that game wouldn't even support controllers at the time. It was
2: keyboard and mouse. It just came out a little before that trend kicked off. Right. The uh, let's use controllers for our PCs. So instead of making controller optimization, they reworked the game to use mouse and keyboard. Um, and I really didn't like the mouse and keyboard controls for mass effect one. They were bad. Uh, but the rumor is, uh, early word is that the UI in mass effect one now matches the UI in two and three so that it's more uniform across. It's going to use the same battle and cover system as two and three. So they're applying oh, that to it as yeah. well. Um, I believe they're going to be doing some tweaks with the way uh, you choose and use weapons in Mass Effect 1. So in general, combat should feel better. I've heard they've done some work on the Mako. They haven't completely reinvented the wheel. It's not going to be a completely different ship, but they've done some things to try and make it a little less unwieldy. So I think Mass Effect 1 is definitely the weakest game of the three but i think the story it tells and what you're doing in the game might even be better than two and so if they're going to bring up the gameplay to match those games i think you're in for a treat yeah uh if it it works really well because mass effect one is a game that had a lot of shortcomings for sure but I think the quality of the story and the world and what you were doing in it more than made up for it. So if they're going to fix all that, that's great. The other thing, uh, you can skip the long elevators.
0: Oh, good. Because I hated that. Well, uh, well, I didn't play it, but I hated when I saw it. (laughs) Although you shouldn't. I remember going, oh man, really? This is how we're hiding load times? And I'd see video of it or something. And you were in there for like these interminable amounts of time just staring at each other it's not good it's bad I know there's some story in
2: there some of it yeah I think people should still sit in the elevator at least until people are done talking there's some fun dialogue in there uh, both in news talking about the things you're doing and character interactions but you can skip it if you want
0: alright that's good to know Uh, any word on um what was the thing I was going to ask you was about one crap uh Oh, I don't remember now. Oh, I know what it was. This is still EA, right? Mm -hmm. Um, this would be a really cool day and date EA play game, (laughs) given that it's a, you know, it's a remaster of an old series. It would be really, really cool if day and date they put this out on, on Game Pass because EA play is part of Game Pass. Is that happening? Probably
2: not. I don't know. They haven't said. I would be very, very interested in it. I kind of want it for my Series X, and I kind of want it for my PC, and I don't want to buy it twice, because I've already bought Mass Effect a lot of times.
0: Yeah. More than
2: twice, right? I own four copies? (laughs) No, three copies of one. Oh, my gosh. I own two copies of two, two copies of three, and then a copy of Mass Effect Trilogy for the PS3. I own a lot of copies of Mass Effect. You do. Too many.
0: Yeah. And you've got uh, not Armada. What was the bad one called? Uh,
2: Oh, Andromeda.
0: Andromeda. You got that somewhere, right? I I keep... Somebody the other day told me that that's a game worth visiting now. That it's
2: not... No, it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody who tells you... Look, there are... There are people that are apologetic to Mass Effect Andromeda, and that game plays better than any of the other uh, Mass Effects, for sure. It plays really well. That game is boring as shit, and it's a lot of wasted potential. It's, it's just like uh, Halo 4. It has the same exact problem of like, we're going someplace totally new. Everything here is brand new. It's a whole new galaxy. It's going to be all new stuff. You're never going to see anything like this. And there's two alien races, a whole new galaxy, and there's two new alien races. And then the rest of the other aliens show up, except for the ones you want to see, because those are on a different ship that didn't show up. They literally do that. Did you like the quarians? Did you think Tally was a cool character? I yeah. to see any quarians no. because all the quarians were on another ship like friggin' Princess Peach in another castle. <laughs> Oops. But you all know what they're doing. You're like, well, you guys just didn't want to model quarians for your game. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, we really wanted to. Look, here's a room where we talk about the quarians and there's holograms of all these great races in <laughs> Mass Effect. Oh, the quarian hologram is on the fritz. You can't see what they look like. Yeah, because you didn't want to model them. That's why they're on the mysterious (laughs) ship that didn't show up.
0: Are you sure this isn't just a quarians are missing problem that you have? And that's it? That's why Andromeda sits sits so poorly on your list? No,
2: it's super bad. That game is super bad. You drive around in a ship that's a little better than the Mako and you pick up plants. Yeah. And then you go and you pick up other plants because this is a whole new galaxy, (laughs) Scott. So we have to go collect samples of a bunch of bullshit scattered all over a bunch of planets. And they replaced all these beloved characters with characters that were just annoyinger versions of what we had before. You have a badass Krogan. Now I will say Andromeda's Krogan is very good.
0: What's but- his name? What's his name? Just so I know. I don't know. You don't remember. <laughs> I was so memorable, have, you don't know his name. Okay. I
2: cool. remember Rex and Grunt, and I do remember he was cool. He had a bunch of bones on him, like he had killed a bunch of stuff. That was neat. Okay. But, like, you get a badass tough guy, Krogan. Yeah. You get an Asari archaeologist, exactly like Liara, except this one, Scott, is annoying and spray painted her face black.
0: Oh, that seems that's uh, problematic. Trick. Okay. All right.
2: Yeah. She She's annoying and she's got a bandit mask on
0: yeah okay you've
2: got a best friend uh turian yeah except this one this time it's a girl
0: oh so it's not uh wait, wait what's his name in the first one uh Garrus. Garrus. Garrus is gr- one of the great characters of all time uh it seems bad to just duplicate that but then say oh but this time it's a lady so it's told it's all new
2: yeah, Except I mean, she, uh, granted, she wasn't a police officer like he was, but she is a, by the books, going to get the job done, no-nonsense Turian. Yeah. And then you get an out-of-place alien, and he's out of place. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about Andromeda. <laughs> I don't like Andromeda. <laughs> Every time Andromeda gets interesting, it ends in a to-be-continued. hmm <laughs>
0: <laughs> and not just like at the end you're saying like all the time like mid-story
2: it's to remember be the quarians that you uh we just talked about yeah, yeah that game literally ends with them going we found the quarian ship <laughs> like get ready for DLC. That's never going to come suckers. We made a bad game. Uh, It literally ends with that. There's a whole mystery about, you know, maybe there's somebody murdering people and there's a whole thing with your mom that I can't really remember exactly, but it's like intriguing and it all ends on a, maybe we'll get to that another time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't sound like a very good video game. Now that you've described it in such detail. Uh, I don't think I've ever gotten the full, full skinny from you on Andromeda and how you felt about it. So this is good. It's good info. Uh, Anyway, this is coming soon. May 14th. You'll get it again. So the nice thing is probably twice. If it is on the Microsoft store, you will be able to get it in both places just the one time Um, PC and console. So that'll be cool. And what I hope happens here. Is that they really do shine on the on the graphical up uh, uptick front? Um, th- that was a very good looking game for its generation uh, series of games, but I really needed to look really awesome for me to get super jazzed. I know that seems a little shallow to care that much about the graphics, but that world needs to feel legitimate for me to lose myself in it because there's a lot of sort of we're doing a mission and we're in a place uh but we got here by just clicking some planets on a screen and didn't really do space stuff you know like i for me to suspend that disbelief i need to be just blown away by the by the visuals so i hope they do that
2: well, that what you just said right there is why i am like I'm so sad you didn't play one yeah. because one is the one where you go down on the planet the reason they didn't they w- switch to pick your planet, go land on it, is because everybody blew up about the Mako driving like shit. And they were like, no, we don't want to do that. We don't drive in the Mako anymore. So they said, all right, just pick your planet, you land and you go. Yeah. But the the driving over a planet and not knowing what was on it was part of the appeal of the first one. And the first time you ran into a Thresher Maw, you were like, this freaking game is terrifying (laughs) like i've never played a game that's scarier than this this game's horrifying Mm. um it's really good i i think at the very least you should try give mass effect one a try
0: Uh, well i will because it'll be in it'll be in trilogy form and there's no way i'm playing the old one so i'll uh i'll probably do it i'll probably get it it's mass effect it's the the hype will be hard for me to uh deny everybody i know is so excited about this they can barely sit still so and I am too. I just don't have any connection to one, and maybe I need I need to have one. Finally, finally, it's happening. Everybody, fifteen years later, or however long it's been. How long has it been? Two thousand and eight was it? I don't know. Seven, whatever it was.
2: It's it's, old game. It's an older it's like game 360 now. Sixty game. Jeez,
0: remember when that wasn't old? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're only at uh, we're only barely more than a generation between but still it's just weird All right, well more on that as we know it Uh, things are not looking so chipper for Stadia these days Uh, they announced that they're stopping all internal development for games for it so they shut down their games division that was going to make games exclusively for the product this includes Jade Raymond's gig over there she's gone Uh, they're all gone they gutted it and they say they're going to focus on just, you know, the service itself and getting third parties what they need to put games on it. Uh, some have seen this in a positive light and said, oh, well, that's just them, uh, you know, refining the idea and uh, deciding what the future of it is. But I know the Google pattern and Google's going to Goog. And this is some Googing uh, <laughs> going on here. And uh, as much as I would love to see it succeed, because I think there needs to be stout competition in the streaming slash cloud space for gaming moving forward i think they're already tired of it and bored and moving on and i think that this is the beginning of the end you will probably see another year or two of stadia being a thing and at some point they will either end it all together which is hard to do because they've sold games for a it's basically like a console. And to shut that off would be a tantamount to your console self-destructing so that you can never play the game you bought on it again. Or they're going to have to come up with some other option. I don't know what it is. PC codes to play those games or something. I don't know what they're going to they do.
2: And they just buy you the PS4 version of the yeah. game and send it to you. But there since you they're, they're,
0: they are they're be Googling, man, I'm just saying. But there's going to be trouble, uh, big trouble in Google Town for a while for stadia and it bums me out because i just know this pattern now they could i could be dead wrong i hope i am i hope i'm so wrong and this is a shift that will benefit the service and the players and everything else but you know the fact that they're not going to have any first party development for this thing at all and that was one of the big selling points when they first announced it we're starting these studios and look at these big names we're hiring and all this talent and all this stuff and to cut that stuff out in less time than it took quibi to go away That's bad news. That's bad. Yeah,
2: well, the whole idea was they were going to make something. They were going to make games that could only exist on Stadia, that could only take advantage of the processing power that you have by using this method of getting video games. And it turns out the only people that actually made that game was CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah that that's the only company that made a game that worked better on stadia than anywhere else. And they didn't do it themselves. And that's the part that bums me out so much is that to me, you say, well, John, what's the advantage of, you know, using cloud computing and stuff like that. And it's not that, Hey, nobody has to buy a nice gaming PC anymore. Like that's a nice side effect of it, or I get more longevity out of it, but it's boy, you can really push the envelope when you can have it played over the the cloud, over the internet, right. and you can really make games that are unlike anything else we've ever seen before, that's what they were promising. I think that's what a lot of us were waiting for, and that's now the part that's definitely not happening.
0: Yeah, but also it was the reason that the you could justify the other part of the business model that seems egregious to me, which is, if the, okay, let me put it this way: I would be way more bullish on the future of Stadia post this announcement if this thing was built somewhere in the vein of GeForce Now or uh, Luna on Amazon or other services. Upcoming XCloud once it leaves beta. Um, if it was something closer and more akin to that, where it's the service you're running this stuff on, but there is uh, the subscription fee isn't a thing that you pay plus the cost of a full retail game. And it's the only place you can play it there. If their model was not that I'd have better hope for the future. Can they change the model? Sure. But it's going to piss people off in the process. So what do you do about that? Their original model to say you're buying the game or you're buying our virtual console basically, and maybe our controller and you're paying us a fee every month to run on there and a higher fee. If you want really great service, uh, But every game you buy is going to be 60, 70 bucks, depending on the game, just like it would be on any other platform. You're buying that game to play on our platform, and that's the only place that that purchase is ever going to have any kind of hold. That's the mistake. They screwed that up because nobody on the whole, on the macro, wants to do that. Have people done it? Absolutely, they have. Are there people really happy with Stadia right now? Of course. I'm not talking about... Outliers. I'm talking about the major market. If this thing was killing it, would they have killed their internal studios? No. No. They would not have. We would be talking about yeah. the amazing games coming out. We'd see previews for it already. There have been three events by now. You know, Jade Raymond alone is it's such a weird career because she went from um, up there in Montreal, worked on what? Assassin's Creed 1 and then left yeah. and now has been at like five other major positions of major management of game studios and no games have come out of, of that so it's got to be weird for her uh clearly a talented uh, uh designer and and you know studio uh not studio head what's the word i'm looking for producer she's a talented producer but she keeps getting into these like hot new properties that just don't have the staying power google's got the money to stick it out they just don't do that's not what they do
2: so well, it's and com- even when it does have the staying power like Star Wars, it just doesn't happen. No. You know, like that was the other thing, because she was on that Star Wars game for the longest time, the too. The
0: 13, what was that called? 1313? Was it
2: 1313? I think it was something else. And then yeah. EA was like, ah, we don't want to do a single player story game. We want to we make money is what we want to do. Yeah, and they that, canceled it. Yeah, that came Or I think they did. I don't think they canceled it, but I think they did a we're starting over. We're doing a complete rework of the idea and the concept. We want to be like destiny is what they said. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think you illustrated the perfect point, which is. If GeForce now goes under and they go, well, we're not going to do Force now anymore. Nobody is worse off. I mean, maybe there are some games that you've been playing that you now can't play if that was your only method of playing it. But you technically still own those games at the end of the day, you can go, well, I'll go get a gaming computer and I can play these games that I bought to play on that. Because you're playing them through Steam or, you know, through some other location, Right. you're fine. But if Stadia folds, you're screwed. And that is the biggest thing that kept me from trying it. You know, we had somebody who wrote in around the time of Cyberpunk and they said, why aren't you talking about Stadia? It's a really great version of the game. I talked about the GeForce Now version because that's what I was comfortable trying. I was not comfortable signing up for Stadia and buying a copy of the game for Stadia because I didn't trust that they were going to stick around. And they didn't. They didn't sell me with their amazing advertising style of screaming their name for five seconds at me and then ending the ad and me going, what just happened?
0: <laughs> well, and you know, this is interesting. There's a conversation going on in the chat that I need to address. And it go- kind of goes with what you just said about trust. People in here are saying, well, why isn't Steam the same thing? What's the difference? Uh, Steam or Epic or any other store, you're buying it and it's DRM to that store, so you can only ever play through them and they could pull the plug any day and everything you have on Steam would be gone. While technically that's true, um, there's a difference in probability here and there's also a difference in trust. Valve has proven over the years that that's a service that I can invest in and trust in. That I know that if I buy a game today and I play it in five years, it's still going to be a thing that I can do. Uh, I believe that, right? There's a lot of this is, just comes down to belief and trust. And I, I have belief and trust that I can do that on Steam. They didn't have any of that established ahead of time on Stadia. So the way I would have done this was you already have kind of a bad reputation that you tend to start things and stop things all the time. That's what Google does. They, they have an idea and then it goes away. And I can give you millions of reasons. They tried to take on Facebook with, with uh, Google, what was that called? Google Plus. And it, and it yeah. didn't work. So what they do, they got rid of it. And I never once had trust that they were going to see that thing through. I just didn't trust it because that's how they do things. So how do, how do you earn that trust? You start a different way. Steam could do stuff now that we would all go, yeah, let's do it, because we already have trust in this area. For Google to do that, they should have launched with a system that was a little closer to GeForce Now as a comparison. Something like that. Uh, Or a subscription service that gave you a bunch of games out of a library that gave you kind of a Netflix for, for video games, a little bit like Game Pass is for Microsoft. Give me a service like that, now we're talking. Because you can build on that, and eventually now you can sell full titles on there there are people who got game pass just to use game pass but when they use it long enough and like it long enough and they then see a game that's not on game pass but they think looks interesting they're going to go ahead and buy it through the microsoft store because they trust it and microsoft is even in a position now where they're just now earning that kind of trust so that's not easy to earn and steam's been at it since what '4? Yeah,
2: since Half Life 2 came out. And that's honestly what gave them the big boost. Nobody likes Steam at first. No, everybody was pissed. When you got Half Life 2 and they were like, we want to install Steam, you were like, I'm being hacked. What's happening? This disk is, I got a pirated copy of this disk. What's going on? It wants to put a program on my computer. Right. Like, (laughs) malware, malware. Here's
0: here's Brian Dunaway famously saying this in 2006, we recorded this. I don't like steam, but you know what he says now? I love steam. He loves steam now (laughs) because you're not wrong at all. Like, and it's not even that we didn't, it was also, it was a new way of looking at PC gaming in general. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff there we could talk about, but just at the core issue is that is what it is with gamers. It's trust. It's what do you believe is going to happen? Uh, If four developers who all worked at famous companies got together and announced, Hey, we're making the next MMO. You and I would go, Oh, interesting. I know that guy from whatever. And he was at Blizzard and that other guy did this thing. I'm interested to see what they do. You've got my ear. If those same four developers were hired by Walmart and Walmart says, we're going to start making games. We've got an internal studio called Sam's best video games. And they're making an MMO. We'd all go, because we don't have the trust, right? Even those guys individually have more trust and on their own have more trust for me than if the corporate shills somewhere big came along. And that doesn't mean they can't do it, but you have to pay your dues and earn it. And Google hasn't earned it in gaming, period. Like they've let initiatives rise and fall with VR and rise and fall with AR and rise and fall with a million other initiatives. And all we can do is go... Uh, I hope this one sticks like Android stuck because it had to and it needed to and it was going to. We had to have competition out there for phones. Made perfect sense. It's a dominant leader in that space and it makes sense. So, yeah, they stuck with Android. They stuck with search because search makes them billions of dollars. They stuck with ad revenue because it makes them billions of dollars. But whenever they buy something like, oh, we're buying Nest, we're going to do Internet of Things. I usually go, probably not going to invest in your side. And I need to see, you need to get like a decade of trust from me before I start buying into your hooch. And this isn't just a Google problem. It's across the board. Like companies yep. are out to make money. The ones I want to give money to are the ones who truly deliver on what they say they're going to do. And sometimes that takes time. And boy, howdy, are gamers freaking hard to please and hard to convince that you have their best interests at heart. And you have to work really hard for that. And so another good example is early access. Like early access has this, it's such a double edged sword, right? Like sometimes you see and you go, unfinished, I don't want to beta test your game or alpha test, you know, in better, in best cases. But then there are other times you're like, why is that game earning my trust? Why, why did uh, um, Dwarf Game, uh, Deep Rock Galactic. Galactic. Why did that earn my trust on day one when I first heard about it? Because I I saw like scrappy developers communicating with their people, posting every day, easy to understand and follow roadmap, dates for when things would happen, sticking to those dates. Like this is just life. Earn the trust of the people you're trying to sell your thing to. And they did. And they made a hell of a game. Like they came through on every promise they made. So I guess what I'm saying is, If Google was already doing that, I would have bought Stadia day one. I would have been stoked, but they haven't done that at all. And now all this does for me now is go, well, good thing I didn't buy Stadia when it was all hyped up because look now what they're doing. They've they don't have enough confidence in it for their own studios. How do you think this is going to work in 10 months for third parties who are trying to get stuff done?
2: Yeah, and the people that are gonna be apologetic to it, and there will be, because we always have to deal with tribalism and the I bought this and I can't be critical of it despite buying in, are they're gonna say, well, if everybody had just bought in at the beginning, we wouldn't be in this situation by giving them doubt, you you created the situation to begin with. That's the way it works. Right. That's the way it always works. Right. You have to get over that hurdle first, and you can't tell people, well, no, you just gotta, you just gotta have faith and then you'll make it happen. Well, sure. Yes. If everybody in the world went, I have no good reason to believe Stadia is going to be successful, but gosh dang it, I just want Google to succeed. I'm going to buy it anyway. Then, yeah, it would have been a different story, but sure, it's not a good gamble.
0: No. And if it, even if it is, well, no matter what, it's a gamble. It's a gamble. The Steam thing was a gamble, but they've earned it. Someone in the chat says they're tenured by now. They've got the street cred. Uh, who said it? K Kazumi. Or Kazumi 06 said it. And that's right. That is absolutely right. That is like, think of a thing you trust. Like there's a lot, I have a lot of problems with Amazon, but I know if I order a thing, I'm going to get it in a couple of days for the 99% of the time. Sometimes, you know, camp pandemic was weird. We had some late stuff, but for the most part, I'm going to be able to go order it. It'll be here. And if I don't like it, I can send it back. That took a while for that process to be trusted. I don't know if you remember the the earliest retail times of the internet, but that trust was not always there with anybody. Like the idea of using your credit card online, oh, man, those were the days, right? Yeah. But trust doesn't come cheap. You have to earn it. And I, all this being said, what I hope happens here is maybe just maybe Google will do like um, – so they just did this with Tilt Brush. You know what Tilt Brush – you've heard of Tilt Brush, right? The. hmm VR painting thing that Google made, one of my favorite products they ever made. Actually, it's very cool. It's on every VR platform. Um, I, th- I found it especially freeing on the Quest because you can move around uh, in a way that you couldn't tethered. But anyway, it's a really cool creative tool, and they just announced they're dumping it. Well, why? Because it doesn't make them any money, and it's not a core. It's not a core business for them. It's just a th- little flip it they put out. It turned out to be really rad. Somebody's eighty twenty schedule thing and it turned out really good, but they don't have anything to earn from that long haul. Now, the difference between this and them dumping Google Plus or a million other projects is that this one, they decided to make it open source. And so it will live on and in theory could vastly improve depending on the kind of development it sees, but it's now going to be available on GitHub and it'll still be available in the platforms you've been able to get it. And who knows where it goes from there. So at least they're doing that. So I guess what I'm saying is I kind of hope Stadia gets a similar treatment. The problem is you don't really open source your back end. Like this is running on Google cloud, which is their big, you know, touted back end system, which is in a very third place right now in the cloud wars, which is really the big money fight in tech these days. And the leader of all people is, Amazon, with AWS, they are killing the competition in terms of numbers, huge numbers. Uh, Microsoft, something like 18% with Azure, and they're making billions of dollars on Azure, even at that lower second place position. Google's way in third, and they're losing money on it. So that's the other factor we haven't even talked about. The backend that is powering Stadia is not making Google money right now. And I think Stadia was in part a way for them to say, Here's another reason our cloud's awesome. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't really about it wasn't the other way around. It was hey, video games can run on this too, and that makes it cool, right? And now we're like, no, not not really, and now they're struggling to figure that stuff out. So anyway, I don't know why I brought all that up except it's interesting. Just the cloud the cloud the cloud wars for lack of a better term are really fascinating because it is the it's the word perfects of the 80s. It's the the windows of the 90s it's the it's the thing that tech is scrambling to make the get the biggest piece of the pie right now and freaking Amazon of all places has most of it like what the new CEO of Amazon is the guy who came into uh, came into Amazon right out of college right out of his his uh, time at Harvard his very first job he spearheads the AWS thing. It makes them $50 billion a minute or whatever the hell it is. Some crazy amount of money. It's not that much, but um, he's the new CEO. Like, how do you go from college, big idea, make the company a trillion dollars? Oh, Jeff Bezos is stepping down as CEO, I'll step in. Like, it's crazy to me. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, and I don't know, this wasn't in our news, but he also confirmed uh, that he's going... Amazon's going to keep focusing on video games.
0: Yeah, they don't want not going away. They're not going to dump it. See, that's the other thing is Amazon, for all its problems, there's issues, there's labor issues, there's other stuff. I'm not giving them a pass. But in the game space, as shitty as the output has been, they've at least continued to stick to it. They're not saying, well, we tried, out of here. Like, they're still pushing. Loon is a big push. Their internal studios are still making games. That uh, MMO has potential. It's an uphill battle. I don't think this is going to work overnight. It's going to be like, you know, Amazon made a killing with Kindles, tried to make phones and blew it. Um, so who knows? They may blow this, but it feels like they at least have some stick-to-itiveness here. And they definitely have the back end to do it and the money to do it. So do it. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying. Anyway, we've said enough, but I guess what I'm saying is I'm I'm sad about the Stadia news because it is I don't care how you paint it. It's not good news for it. Even if they stick around for another 10 years doing third party, whatever, it's not good news that they shut down their internal studios.
2: That's bad. Right. The only good news is that people who bought in will have support for a period of time. There you that's have the, it. That's the best case scenario.
0: Uh, final news. We're not really a sports show we don't talk about sports video games much even though i really like a good sports video game i like playing especially hockey i love video game hockey i always have i don't talk about it the show much but i love video game hockey cool. it's one of the reasons i like ea play being part of game pass is i can just throw up the latest nhl and play it um i like fifa i like madden once in a while like i do like a good sports game occasionally however it's not like top on our our list but a lot of fans are pretty stoked. EA is bringing back college football, NCAA, but they're not doing actual players, which is a little which weird. makes sense. Yeah.
2: Well, they got sued, and I <laughs> think they lost something around $40 million in that lawsuit. Yeah, it was bad. So maybe makes sense that they've decided, no, we're not going to include the actual college players, but they do have a deal with NCAA so that they can use the actual teams. Um you know, it probably works out for the best. I, I don't know enough about it to go, Oh, what a sad deal for the players, but it sounds like they weren't getting a very good deal anyway. So all I'm hoping for is the thing that didn't exist. Uh, But you know, I think that's exciting for anybody that wanted a college football game back.
0: I agree. And I think having not the actual players is probably better for a workflow because that's a lot of players to keep track of. And in, as games increasingly become service games where, rosters are updated all the time and all that that's a lot of art assets a lot of stats a lot of other stuff to juggle all the time um i kind of like the simpler days of sports games where you know it's like the atlanta uh pig or, <laughs> you know fake team names <laughs> fake i made that one up but fake uh players i used to really enjoy that and i'm not saying you know that having actual team licenses isn't going to be important to games like Madden and FIFA and that sort of thing. But I wouldn't mind a return to, you know, just the mechanics of the game and less worried about who's on the cover, what players, what, and and just, I realize when as I say it, it's antithetical to the sales of this, of this stuff. But I'm a fan of like mutant league football and mutant league hockey and future sporty, you know, robot versus robot football games. And, uh, even over the top stuff that is licensed like NBA jam, I, those were more my thing and I wouldn't mind a return to that, but I
1: don't know.
2: It also if that's gives uh, variety to the football games each season, which I I can't stress is important because that's what we saw when uh, EA bought the NFL license. Ugh. It was like, Okay, well, there's the end of competition, get ready for Very small changes between each year of Madden. And that was, by all accounts, pretty much what we got was eh, a little step forward, maybe sometimes a step back, depending on when, but not a lot of changes.
0: Not well, because they didn't have to change for outside reasons like, you know, fan outrage. You can only go so far when you're the only game in town. And that's the only way you're going to get your NFL video game fix, which for a lot of people is their yearly game. Or they're, you know, they'll buy that and call the duty, and that's it. So oh, I hated that. I was like, "What? 05, 04? I remember this very vividly, and I remember it being maybe one of the best modern day examples of why competition's important. <laughs> and I remember feeling the effects of that right away, because that 2K sports stuff, um, NFL 2K, the 2K series, was had become my football game of choice. I loved it, and I started by yearly. 05 was maybe the best that game ever was. Turns out it was also the last that game ever was because that's when yep. they bought the thing.
2: EA had deeper I pockets. So
0: pissed. So pissed. Gosh dang it. Still lame, dude. EA, yeah. that was lame.
2: And by the way, I also believe I—I yeah. I could be wrong, but I think 2K gets to make NFL games again. I think they ha- now have the NFL license oh, and they can really. Do it. Oh, that I would be. I think that changed. I could be wrong. I like like you said. I don't usually follow sports games, but I thought I saw that. Yeah. So that would be interesting if we could get a competitive field for uh sports games again. Might bring me back in because I I haven't played sports games in a long time, but I grew up playing Madden and Ken Griffey Jr. baseball and all all those sports games I loved when I was younger. Um, And then as they kind of fell more by way of simulation, instead of being quite as arcadey is when it kind of lost me. Yeah. So I would love to come back. And if they're competing for people like me, there might be some modes that uh, get me excited and get me in there. So I'd love it.
0: My favorite thing in the world is in any of the, I don't know when it started, probably a few years ago. I, I don't actually know, but the current NHL games, 20 and 21, both of them have an option immediately as you're starting games, like all the options of how do you want to play? Here are some of your initial setups and everything. And you're going to, you're going to play where, you know, players get injured and are out of the whole season or, you know, you're, how realistic is this thing's going to be? And one of the options is literally just a menu option button is NHL 94. <laughs> and you hit that. And now you, everything plays like NHL 94, but in a 2021 graphical way. And that's my way to play. (laughs) I love it. I love it because that's what I used to play. I played that thing until my eyes bled back in the day. It's the best hockey game ever made at the time. And to be able to play that way today and have it feel like that again, but look like it does today is so rad. So anyway, if you haven't checked that out and you're a fan of the only NHL games, uh, go check it out. It's also EA play has the actual NHL 94. I think we talked about this. But it's just the cartridge version, which pisses me off because the Sega CD version sounded great. So, what the hell? We're talking like four megabytes of extra data, you losers. Get it in there. All right. Moving on. Actually, that's it because we already talked about our stuff. Let's, uh, yeah. let's do this. Let's do a quick email because uh, that's a thing we have. And I can't find our tab. I'm all over the place here. Here we go.
1: That's a good question. All
0: right. Got an email from Will. It's a counterpoint to our discussion last week regarding, um, what was this about? Hold on. Uh, the stock market. Oh, the stock market and the GameSpot thing. That's right. I hesitated to put this email in here, and I couldn't even remember that I did, but I did because it's worth discussing. Anyway, he says, uh, this is from Will. He says, I just wanted to provide a counterpoint to your discussion on core. I get the impulse to cheer anyone sticking it to ridiculously rich people who play with sums of money the rest of us can only dream of. I worry it's not that simple, though. Uh, You used the analogy of a kid fleecing a casino, but the problem in this casino is that all of our retirement accounts and literally everything tied to the stock market is in there. I get that it's fun to screw the fat cats, but what tends to happen in the end is that the cats get even leaner or get a little leaner while the rest of us starve, I don't think this is a regular people punching up thing. I think it's a bunch of trolls deciding that they like to mess with people. That's the one part I may take issue with because I'm not sure that that last part is true. I mean, it could be, but... There's a lot of conjecture there, but all that stuff you said before, I actually really agree with Um, people's retirement accounts, including mine. are all tied up in this. Anyway, they then get a huge number of folks to follow on. And those uh, folks subsequently lose money and almost everything they've invested. I'm not as clear cut as many on Twitter and the rest of the net seem to think. And Reddit is the last place to look for an objective set of facts. I'm not writing this as a Wall Street apologist. I could give a damn what happens to them. I worry that the mob has decided that they want to have some fun and screw the consequences to those they bring along, let alone the rest of us. Uh, I could be wrong. Maybe this will all end well, and the only people hurt will be the rich, but I tend to think that the mob isn't the best source of change, and I'd urge you to read uh, more on this. That's probably too much text, but there are my links. My apologies if this sounds like I'm a crank. I, love, or, sorry, I hope my lack of expertise will be mitigated by the words of those I trust to understand this better. All the best. Well... Well, I think you make a really good point. Also, I, if I didn't make this enough of a of a reality last week, I should do it again. But um, John and I, who were here last week, we don't we are not experts in this field at all when it comes to like <laughs> stock market this and uh, you know how all that. I don't how any of that s- stuff really truly works. It's not my jam at all. Right.
2: I don't I, know if people were able to determine that from me immediately just talking about animal crossing. <laughs> that, that, that you pivoted to bells really
0: quick. Yeah. Yeah. He went to bells like almost immediately. So you know where John's head is on it. Um, but my, my whole thing is yes, you're right. Um, they're not just playing. They're not just playing with their money. They're playing with everybody's money in a way because a lot of people's retirement accounts and, Four hundred one Ks and everything else they have going on are tied up in the stock market, which is a whole nother conversation about should that even be the case. Like, why are we, why are we all involved in this casino in in a, in a way is kind of weird. Um, But I still stay. I st- well, we know a lot more in a week than we than we knew last week, and and what we know now is their price, stock price for Gamespot is still overinflated, but has dropped pretty heavily since the massive point of inflation. Um, and nobody really knows what that ultimately means, but it doesn't seem to have had the knock on effects everybody thought it was gonna have. Like we haven't had massive shutdowns. We've had some controversy with like Robinhood and some of these services, like halting trading and junk like that, but it didn't crash the markets. It didn't change most of what you consider the the stalwarts of the market, the big names in the of the market. It's it seems like an isolated incident doesn't mean there's still not part of the story to be told, maybe it will, but right now, it feels like a combination of they were trolling they also want to screw rich people, rich people don't like to be messed with back and forth and you know it's all it's everything everybody claims this thing is, but maybe it's not it's not the nuclear bombshell that everybody thought it would be
2: well and i mean the the emailer has a really good point because you know, if a, if a company has a really bad year, more often than not, the end result of that isn't that the higher up takes a a pay decrease or limits their bonus or falls on the sword for the poor year, which is going to happen. We we live in a country that very weirdly thinks business should see growth every single year, no matter what, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, Uh, just psychotic honestly and a a real problem but they you don't see the top guy fall on the sword very often when it happens it's notable um when that happened based around the uh the early versions of the was it the nintendo ds or the 3ds that was so bad out the gate um and the head of nintendo actually took a pay cut to help
1: Uh, get everybody
2: on board and make it right
0: what was that? I
2: can't remember which system it was, but it was one of them that did. Oh, was that? Was it the Wii U? It may have it been, been the Wii, Wii
0: U, because the other, because those those two handhelds did did bank like there's there I don't think they ever were slow, but I think I think the Wii U may have been the one where it really stalled out fast. It just
2: yeah, you know. it underperformed, and you you saw the leadership own it and take responsibility. And that was a huge deal because it doesn't happen. Because what usually happens is. I worked for a company uh, I won't say it just in case we get into some weird business here, but um <laughs> I worked for a company that went through uh some harsh times, big retail company, and what happened wasn't anybody at the higher up taking a pay decrease or anything like that. What happened is a company that traditionally would have four or five cashiers down at the front helping you turned into one cashier, yeah, and they were a part timer yeah and You know, more limited staff, people not having jobs. It doesn't go the way you wish it would, which is, yeah, we're going to stick it to them up at the top because what they do is they go, well, I'm not going to see any of that. Let's make changes down at the bottom to fix this. You got a lot of people that don't care that your lower class uh, down at the bottom isn't making a livable wage. That's not their problem. They don't want to miss out on that sweet bonus they're going to get. Right. So who cares? Yeah. And, you know, we talked about, you know, not giving Amazon a pass. Amazon, extremely notorious for being bad to its employees and for a company that makes as much money as it does. Yeah. And it's just something that's very common. And so I think what the the emailer is saying is true. Um, But the thing that always goes through my mind when we talk about stuff like that, I just get a flash of Breaking Bad. And Jesse Pinkman just screaming, but he can't keep getting away with this. Like there is an element of like, yeah, this is bad, but that doesn't mean we should just turn a blind eye to it and go, well, what are you going to do? It's just going to impact the wrong people. So I guess we just let it keep happening. You know, Uh, I hope that this leads to good things. I hope it leads to people thinking about this and making better decisions and realizing where, our economics and the stock market and all that have weird weaknesses and weird problems. And rather than shoring it up to protect the wealthy, I hope that it leads to some change that benefits more people. History doesn't show that that's what will happen. That's simply what I would hope.
0: Well, I would argue, first I'd argue you are correct. And I, I think I agree with everything you say, but I would actually say the long view of history shows that this sort of stuff is not sustainable. Ultimately, it may not be in someone's lifetime, but Rome isn't what it used to be. (laughs) The British empire isn't what it used to be. Like you can look at all sorts of what were considered top of the crop, wealthiest nations, wealthiest individuals, wealthiest everything. And at some point, this idea that growth is eternal and that that you, you know, should be up a hundred percent every year is just plain not sustainable. And I'm not even saying this as someone like, I'm not like uh, anti-free market. I'm not um, anti-capitalism even. What I'm saying is there's no such thing as a perpetual system that will forever yield dividends at the level you need them to be. And we need to come to grips with that (laughs) at some point because it just, you could say, well, look at all the growth we've had though in the last 20, 30 years. No, No, I get it. It's easy to look at that and say that's long term. That's not long term. 100, 100 years is long term. Two hundred years is long term. Long after we're gone, what are the repercussions like? I think about that stuff all the time. Um, that's all very philosophical and deep for this conversation, but um, but to put it lightly, I guess what I'm saying is, in the end, usually what ends up happening is the fat cat the fat cats have are fat for a while. And at some point the fat loses and they all come crashing down and I'm not going to feel that bad for them when it does. When a company like Uber refuses to pay any kind of like living wage to the people who make sure their company runs and they're unable to pay for any kind of basic uh, benefits for those employees and don't even want to call them employees in most States if they can get away with it. But then they'll turn around and spend $9 billion on some startup that brings wine to your door. They're making enough money to pay their people better. Amazon makes enough money to pay their people better. All of them do, but they don't. So it was like the micro, or it was like the uh, McDonald's thing I heard the other day. If you're going to work at McDonald's in Denmark, you get 25 bucks an hour, the equivalent of, plus full health benefits, plus two weeks yearly vacation, mandatory base pay. That is your bottom layer, and then you move up, because it's required over there to be able to sustain a living wage for these people. We don't have that requirement here, or that some of those requirements are much, much lower. And so they don't pay it. It doesn't mean that my, that, that McDonald's can't make enough money. If suddenly the minimum wage gets bumped to 15 or whatever it needs to be, it means that they don't want to, <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. look good on the, on the numbers because then you've had to spend more money to pay your people. Like we're really effed up with that stuff. It's effed up. Uh, and it doesn't matter what you tell me it's effed up. So I don't know how long-term sustainable that is. I do know that once in a while, when the little guy sticks it to the big guy, I tend to feel for the little guy and less so for the big guy, but I do think he has some good points in this email. So we've all, we've all come up green here on the show. Well done. Okay. Hopefully that made sense. Uh, (laughs) We are done. That's the show. We were really glad to have Bo here very briefly. He tells us next week he'll be here the whole show. That'll be fun. Unless something comes up, uh, we're we're planning on that. So uh, do check that out. In the meantime, if you'd like to uh, check out more stuff from us, go over to the website, frogpants.com slash core. A reminder that the whole thing is uh, on the backs of you fine individuals who send us a little bit of cash here and there to make things work over at patreon.com slash core show. Get bonus show content and all kinds of other benefits by being a member at patreon.com slash core show. And huge thanks to those who already do. Talk to the core gmail.com is our email address. You can find John on Twitter at John underscore Jagger. I'm at Scott Johnson. Bo is at Bo Schwartz. You can find the show at CorePod. And uh, you can listen to the show live if you want on Thursday evenings, Thursday nights, usually 5 p.m. Mountain Time, although it, it shifts around sometimes. But 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Right here at frogpants.tv or twitch.tv slash frogpants, whatever floats your goat. John, anything to add before we go today?
2: Uh, Go out there and take a look up at the stars.
0: That's right. Think
2: about this. Yeah. Everything that we have accomplished as a people happened (laughs) under those very same stars. (laughs)
0: Wow. That's deep. And also think about how Andromeda could have been so much better than it was when you're looking at those stars.
2: Yeah, the Corians are up there somewhere. Somewhere.
0: They A swear. DLC
2: that will never exist. <laughs> A
0: great DLC in the sky. Uh, never left. All right, that's it for us. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. <laughs>